Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Before we get to our show, I want to take a moment to talk about something really important to the whole Dairy Safe family. Our music composer and former editor, Brian Vasquez, was just diagnosed with leukemia. Brian was absolutely instrumental in the creation of this show, but more importantly, he's a wonderful and kind person. His friends created a GoFundMe to help ease the stress during this emotional and financially difficult time. If you can, please donate to Brian by going to helpbrian.net. That's helpbrian, B-R-I-A-N dot net. We'll also put it in our show notes. Now let's get to the theme music, composed by our very own Brian Vasquez. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good was that? That was really great, actually. I enjoyed it. Do you think I'm talented? good. Are yes. you guys just saying that? <laughs> so you think I'm pretty. Do you think I'm pretty? Um, yeah. Who are you? Hi, Who just sang for us? Um, the person who sang for us is Yasmin Ahmadi. And this is me, Yasmin Ahmadi. Wow, okay, cool. <laughs> um, I'm Alicia Pascual Peña. I'm Jose mm-hmm. Tota. Mm-hmm. And this is Dare We Say. That was a great, like, Whoa. acting exercise we just did. That was so funny. Wow. Anyways, um, I want to bring up something that's very important to me. Okay. And that is something called um, White Lotus. Mm, okay. Hmm. We have a lot of thoughts on this. Now, I'm only two episodes in, but all I have to say is Jennifer fucking Coolidge. Jennifer fucking Coolidge. She's a national if- treasure. If like, White Lotus is important to you, it is ingratiated in my blood. Mm, talk it about is, it. It is the oxygen that pumps through wherever oxygen is supposed to pump. And yes, heart, it, and arteries. It and it's, it's also why I'm alive. I'm obsessed. I have been up <laughs> day in and day out. I'm on subreddits. I'm on Quora forums. I'm on Quora She's forums. She's on QAnon. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm a part of QAnon because of White Lotus. No, I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm addicted. I'm obsessed with everyone, and I'm right there with you. Who would you be if you had to tag yourself in a character of White Lotus this season? Who would you be? Well, can I just say, I think a white win, a white sleigh of the of wow. the century right now of the moment is Megan, who plays Daphne. Like an incredible yes. Caucasian performance. She's killer. I did. I did not want to love her. Her performance is so layered. It is so just beautifully woven, understated, but like sinister and coded. She's just. She's exceptional. That's exceptional. exactly the word. Is, is exceptional. And honestly, the Mr. And Aubrey Plaza, of course, is just Aubrey amazing. Plaza. I mean, this is like my bisexual fantasy: looking at Theo James and Aubrey Plaza on the same screen. This Theo is my James, dream. Theo oh. James is like, it's, I don't know. He's like a sexy pair of underwear that has a stain on it. Oh, it's yeah. like. He's been worn in. He, yeah, he's been through the ringer a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. it's really ugly, but it's like, you know, there's 
it's like there's something in your body that wants it mm. even if it's really bad for you and it'll probably give you an infection an infection it's giving yeast infection but no wow. here's the thing it's like i just know you and Daphne needs to be in the next White Lotus together or you and Miss Plaza. All I That's all I know for next season. And all I know for next season is I'm going to be with Jennifer Coolidge. I'm thinking south of France or Bangkok. And we're sprinkling, we're sprinkling our ex-husband's ashes like salt on our food, eating oh, it with no, pro- with no problem. That's all I know for next season. I'm curious, Yasmin, because I'm not, I don't want to give any spoilers to anyone, but you're in episode two. In your head... Do you have an idea of who the killer could be? No. Or who no. could die? I I have an idea of who dies, but not exactly who the killer is. Alicia, you need to watch the show. She know, does. I've been saying that I need to watch it. I think, ugh. Go on. Why haven't what? you watched it? I mean, you've watched Succession. I know. That's like the widest show in the universe. I know. I've watched Succession. I'm actually watching Westworld, which doesn't have that much diversity either. Um, as the girls know, I kind of have like a diversity quota. And if sure. there aren't enough black people or queer people or Asian or indigenous people, I don't want to watch. Um, but I make the exception for really well-written television. I agree. Because um, I love to learn and grow and just admire um, art. But yeah, I got to get into White Lotus. I think maybe just because I've been binging other things. Um, what have you been binging? I try to balance it out so I'm not like in too dark of a place. But, I can't wait. Right? I can imagine you going like watching like I may just if like I may destroy you. Um, I binge I may sick. destroy you in yeah. two days like an insane of person. Course. I don't know why I did that. But right now Westworld um, reboot, which was like this. Com- <gasps> it's really it's, good. It's so good. It's actually really good. And I don't feel like people are talking about no, it. No, but I feel like it's going to it's gonna happen like kind of like how Succession happens. So it's going to be like two or three seasons and then it's going to blow up. Well, I hope it gets the support. I think it's really funny. I think, but also I'm like, am I just super biased because it's... Um, Keegan, Mike, and Michael yeah, Key. Yeah, exactly. And then also it, it's such like an LA show. Like I love being in the writer's yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love like the absurdity of like the showrunners together. Like I just, I think it's really cute and self-aware and funny and has great conversations but yeah Westworld reboot and then um I'm running it back on Atlanta oh yeah 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 I think some of the best television ever um yeah what else have I watched I've really been like watching a lot of stuff I've been watching a lot of movies I feel like I've been at the movie theater a lot like really? just watched The Menu Knives <gasps> Out what did you think I saw, did you guys watch it? The menu. I haven't either no, what's but it like okay Alicia I really liked it. Ironically, the that person just made me hungry. <laughs> I'm just having a bite. Here it <laughs> please, please, you're so precious. Wait, I'm sorry, Josie looks really cute right now. Yeah, but continue. I just want to like, my makeup artist on set told me that I looked like a poodle. You want a big poodle? Like she said I look I like a, a dog. Big, you want Josie anyway, looks like a big poodle. Anyway, continue while I eat this. This is my first meal in 36 hours, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, no, that shouldn't happen again. No, no, no. It's because I have the stomach flu. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It went from mental health check to, oh, okay. To be like, oh, wait, yeah, Uh, that's so fair. (laughs) Alicia, continue on your critique. Okay, the menu specifically. It's just funny because I went with someone who didn't love the film. And I thought, and they've watched it prior. We watched it together. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. We saw it together, and our opinions were were pretty That's different. But hilarious. I, I I like it because, um, 
it was weird. And like I was at the mm. edge. I was like I was at the edge of my seat. I really think the performances are beautiful. I love the way it was shot. I'm also like such a sucker and a nerd for social commentary Terry in a weird way. Yes, yes, yes. Um I I just I thought it was innovative filmmaking. I think it's a, a little absurd. Love. Um, which I think is the point of it. But something that the person I watched it with and I we both said is that we kinda wanted like more intentionality. Like, how do I explain this without giving away a part of the film? I wish that there was a point in the movie where there's social commentary about elitism and capitalism and greed and overindulgence, right? But someone, while trying to counter that elitism, goes, like, really, really far, right? Extremism. Yeah, extremism. So I kind of wish that there was a point in the film where one of the people being critiqued at that point would have said, like, you now have become us. Like, you've now... And I I, I don't know why, but me as a viewer was yearning for that. Got it. But that could also just be, like, me as the type of individual. I wanted something to wrap it up. Uh Not, like, wrap it up with a pretty bow. It's not that type of film. Um, But I enjoyed it. I also love that it was an hour and a half and it said a lot. Every single... Because I'm also like, why are we making three-hour movies without intentionality, without um, actual purpose, and without arcs that, like, didn't drive me to feel anything. Like, I don't feel imprinted by the film. Um, Is it a film that I could watch a bunch? No, just because I'm not a gory girl. Um, But I thoroughly didn't enjoy it. I thought, I was like, this is cool filmmaking. Like, I love, like, Josie and I watched A Triangle of Sadness. I was like, this is cool filmmaking. It makes me excited about film. I am dying to see that. Woman King, Wakanda Forever. I'm excited about film. Triangle of Sadness. Well, I think, I just want to touch on... Very long, but it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's but important. I think it deserved it personally. I agree. I think there's very specific films and TV series that can only be that can really be long. Like I don't think The Irishman should have been like three and a half hours long. <laughs> like specific, I think there's a lot of ego films and a lot of ego TVs. Yeah, that they're the directors and the filmmakers are making it for the sake of making a film, not for the sake of the storyline, not for the sake of actually. Um, conveying a magnificent yeah. story, saying something, Do you and know even what I mean? it, and even if it isn't a grandiose idea, saying something. Ironically, the person who I went with said they felt that the menu was. Ugh, how do I say this in other terms? I guess I just, I can be a big girl. Please, he, please. No, they, he was saying like, cause I don't want to say it like this, cause I feel like it sounds crass. But anyways, he he was like, I don't like to watch film that feels like the masturbation of a writer or like the masturbation of a director, where it wasn't really for the audience and it was more for them. See, that's and what... that's that's what he felt the menu was. Oh, I didn't share that perspective, but I was like, well, okay. why but, would anything anyone make be for the audience? True, true, but not not like that. Like I disagree with that. Make- I think I think maybe what you're saying or what your f- person who you saw the movie with was saying is that <laughs> the way um, Josie looked at Alicia, whichever person, male it, figure in it, your life, went, is you, that movie with you? Is that not doing something for the sake of just doing something and that, having a reason behind it? Exactly, like not just glorifying violence and glorifying yeah, um, certain like like gimmicks and exactly um things of that nature so that it doesn't come across as like just doing it for no reason yeah and then just like a purpose violence or like crass just for the sake of it yeah exactly and that's what he felt the menu was to an extent i think a lot of films are that i didn't feel the way i agree that way about the menu i can't give a comment yet on the menu because i haven't watched it yet but once i do i will text you guys I think when award season comes, which is coming up right around the corner, I think dare we shay, dare we shay. Sorry, you guys, I have a piece of gold in my teeth. Um, 
dare we say, should have a... Um, Did you get a grill? No, I just got like a little tooth grill with diamonds and gold. Is that what you sent me a photo of? I didn't know that was real. Yeah, I did. I got it ingrained. And the guy said to me, you have really small teeth. And I go, um, and he had to remake it because my teeth were so small. But I was like, I actually don't have small teeth. I actually, I don't know. I like my teeth. Thank you very much. As you should. But I like the guy. Anyways, we're going to wrap up and we're going to talk about something that's very important to us. And that is how to move forward. Whether it's someone you love or someone you did love, relationships with your friends and familial. And also in today's episode, we're going to be doing an equation room. We'll be right back. Hey, don't forget to follow us at Dare We Say on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash dare we say. All right, so today we are proudly sponsored by Squatty Potty. This is something, Josie and I, I can start crying. I can start crying thinking about Squatty Potty because Josie and I, Alicia, don't say shit because you don't talk about your shit like Josie and I do. Listen, Squatty Potty is an amazing stool that you put on your bathroom floor by your toilet and it puts you in the bathroom. It's a stool for stool. So funny. Okay. We basically, it puts your body in an anatomically perfect position to take a shite. If you're constipated, the squatty potty will literally change your life. I identify with having um, a hot girl syndrome, aka IBS type B, which means I'm constantly constipated. I'm not even kidding you. Like when the girls FaceTime me, I'm constantly on the toilet. But the thing that helps me more than taking my citrus cell in the morning and taking my probiotics is the squatty potty. Listen, there's 60 days money back guarantee. We have something for every bathroom, white, wood, clear, folding, travel, marble pattern, ones that light up that you find your way to the toilet like those exit things in an airplane. Squatty Potty is made for you. Over 8 million stools sold and more than 10,000 five stars reviewed. And probably 10 billion stools shot. More than that. Go to squattypotty.com slash dare for 20% off your purchase. That's squattypotty.com slash dare. Clinically proven to help you poop better. Dare We Say is brought to you by Masterclass. I, the fact that we get to say that is so iconic. It really is. Like, I remember going on YouTube and, like, the beginning parts of an ad of, like, my favorite YouTuber was, like, blah, blah, blah. It was brought to you by Masterclass. Yeah, with Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to improve your writing skills from someone like Shonda Rhimes, which is a class I took, or improve your cooking skills like Gordon Ramsay, which is a class I will probably have to take given I have blown up my microwave. Um, with over 180 <laughs> classes from a range of – that's also not a joke. Like it's getting fixed tomorrow. With over 180 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Basically, each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long, and you can explore your own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, or more. A new product from Masterclass allow for a deeper dive into the lessons over a month-long period. Sessions include projects to submit to a teaching assistant for feedback, as well as the opportunity to learn alongside a community of peers. Masterclass is available on iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Roku. I remember when I was in high school and I like used my dad's credit card to get a membership <laughs> on Masterclass. And the first class that I took was from Shonda Rhimes. And I learned so much from her. I, literally having been a graduate of film school, dare I say I learned almost as much, 
if not nearly the same amount in my time with Shonda than I did in four years of literal film school. I remember she said so many things that have stuck with me today and are literally tools that I use as a human being in our industry and as a writer. One of the things she always said to me is to make sure that your character is happening to things and that things are not happening to your character. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that that is so profound. And I literally have taken that with me to this day. I feel like it's in, it's scripted in my soul. Yeah, and, and th- we are so proud to say that Masterclass is our sponsor. And honestly, you need to fucking check it out. There's no, yeah. you have to check it out. You it's need an, to check it's it out. Insane. So this holiday, give one annual membership get one free. Let me repeat that. Give one annual membership, get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash dare today. That's masterclass.com slash dare. Terms apply. Dare We Say is brought to you by BetterHelp. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is more important than someone's mental health. I am so sick and tired of people in this world putting their physical health above their mental when they should be at the same. But if your mental is not good, your physical is not to be good and vice versa. Life doesn't come with a manual. We get that. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. And at BetterHelp, there are therapists that are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. It's the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex thing that we call life and you. BetterHelp offers all the benefits of in-person therapy, but it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. And listen, let's be honest. Right now, we've talked about it getting cold and it being the holidays. And I think it's important to note that that comes with so many emotions. Yep. A lot of us are going back home. We are being forced to confront people or deal with situations that may not be easy. Yep. So we are encouraging you to take care of yourself this season. And a way that you can do that is by talking to a professional and getting those tools uh, during this season that can be a little extra difficult um, to set you up to win. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It literally couldn't be any simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Going to therapy has been the most life-changing thing for me. It took me from being literally girl next door, like 2003 Disney Channel original movie, to like Zoe Kravitz and Batman. Like it really makes you a bad bitch. It's not something to be embarrassed about and better help gives you something that seems so far away, so tangible. Mm-hmm. And I promise no matter what you're going through, you are not alone. We are here for you and better help is here for you. And we really hope you check them out. You can learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash dare. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash dare. This episode is sponsored by FX Kindred, the original series only on Hulu based on the celebrated and critically acclaimed novel by Octavia E. Butler. FX's Kindred centers on Dana James, a young black woman and aspiring writer. Dana begins to settle into her new home in Los Angeles and is violently pulled back and forth into time. She emerges at a 19th century plantation, a place intimately linked with Dana and her family. The clock is ticking as Dana struggles to confront secrets she never knew ran through her blood. FX Kindred, all episodes streaming December 13th, only on Hulu. Let's be honest. It's 
so fucking horrific to have a heartbreak. Like, personally, I'll listen to Phoebe Bridgers on loop, sit in the shower floor, drink my own tears, wear a black veil for 17 years until I get over someone or something. But that can only last for so long. You're going to have to get yourself up off the floor, mop up the tears, and cut that hair, honey, and do what you must. And there's ways to go about that. There's ways to mourn someone that's honestly still alive. And there's a way that we're going about this. We're not saying you have to move on. We're not saying you have to keep pushing. We're saying you have to move forward because you have to. This is an episode that's very near and dear to us, whether it's talking about family, whether it's talking about friendships, whether it's talking about a lover on how to move forward and to be present. So, ladies, what are your thoughts on heartbreaks? Mm. Wow. Yeah. That gave NPR. Yes, NPR. That gave, that, that gave my name is Sarah Koenig, and this is cereal. That yes. was everything. <laughs> that was so incredible. I literally thought it was in serious exemption, and I almost fell asleep in the back of my mom's Mercedes C300 2012. <laughs> I was actually going to say, you guys didn't say anything, which is, I was no, like, no, I was mesmerized. Were- I was present. I wanted, I wanted to hear all of I it. I was Thank too, you so even much. though I literally, I kept. Kept cutting out, kept going, ow, ow, ow. That's like, well, that's what I said, actually, every time, yeah. (laughs) Every Um, time we were speaking, so I don't know if that's a tech thing, but we'll carry on. Well, what's the difference between moving forward and moving on for you guys in relationships? Mm, Gosh. Well, I love the idea of, like, moving forward Mm. because it's, like, I think growing up and at least what I was told as a child was the fact that, like, oh, like, you move on. Like, yes, like, oh, yes. it didn't happen. Yep. It's whatever. Keep it pushing. Like, whatever. It's not that deep. It's kind of a motto that I live by. But um, you can't do that with, like, people that have left, like, an imprint on yes, your life. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yep. um, whether I like it or not, whether, like, I like to admit it or not, there are people that impact you and change who you are um, forever. For better or for worse. Yeah, and that doesn't go away just because you've distanced yourself from this person. So I think it's a really beautiful idea to say, how do we alter the way that we approach a heartbreak? Yes. Or um, needing to distance yourself from someone for your health. And it's like, you know, you cherish what was good, um, but know that you deserve better and know that this person is hindering your growth. So... You know, you don't harbor anger towards them, but you just move forward. And you can still cherish the beautiful moments that you had with them. or um... Which takes time, by the way. Yeah. I think there's a very, um, there's a slight difference about moving forward and moving on, but there is a difference. For example, moving forward is you're taking those experiences and you're taking those memories, the good and the bad, and you're, you're growing. You're moving forward with your life without this person in your life. And you're letting it affect you in, your, in a good, positive way. You're, you're thinking about yourself. Moving on is you're acknowledging all of that, but you're, it's still in the back of your head, but you're still keeping it pushing, like Alicia says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I think moving forward is more effective and also more healthy. Yeah. Because so is that person's just processing. I think it's, yeah. it's how you process this grief. Because heartbreak is grief. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to process it? But that's what we're saying. I think we're saying that moving forward is processing it and saying like, We've been fed like through heartbreak songs, through movies and stuff. When you move on, you burn the pictures. You disregard this person. Right. It's like, fuck them. And it's like, no, moving forward is going like, no, this person meant a lot to me. It hurts in the moment. But I'm going to cherish what was good. I'm going to take the lessons and keep it moving. But I don't harbor hate um, nor animosity towards this person. I'm distancing myself 
for my own growth and for the prosperity of both of us, whether it's family, whether it's a friend, whether it's romance. So it's moving forward, I think, is just like the idea of growing and and trying to look at this process of like grieving someone with more grace and compassion in a way that like preserves your mental health. It may take longer than the idea of moving on, but moving on is just like, you know, your typical breakup song. Like like you get a rebound. Get out, like, you like them, go, yeah. like you're for the streets again, which like, yes, we've all mm. done that. Or at least I have. Like, I'm like, well, all right, I'm done. I'm broken up with this person. Or like, I'm going to go and it's time. It's it's ho time, baby. Or like friendship wise, like I'm just going to post with all my other friends. Yeah, I think there's a lot you of know? like ego there. You know what it I mean? It is. I think moving on, you have ego, whereas moving forward, you acknowledge it, but you keep going. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit more reflective and introspective. How, but, how do you feel, Josie, in regards to like the differences? Or, or do you disagree? When you're ending a relationship with someone, like there's going to be feelings of everything Mm -hmm. and you kind of have to like grieve that person Mm. but i agree i think like but i think a part of it is embracing the ego of it and then realizing like oh wow i was being so negative and like fuck this person fuck that and was so angry and like what like it's like you have to realize where the anger comes from by having the anger i agree with you you. know what i mean a hundred so it's not just like having someone do something to you or leave you and then you're I, I don't know I don't know if that makes no, sense I, no I, I actually think that's I completely perfect. agree with you I think moving forward is not invalidating like your own feelings whereas like moving on which I think I habitually have done where I'm like all right cool let's dead it we don't got to talk about it like that I'm moving on it's cool it's not that serious whereas like moving forward is like okay let me acknowledge how I really feel and let me live in this even if it's uncomfortable and let me acknowledge that this person most of the time, isn't innately a bad person. And I'm not a bad person. We're just on different paths right now. And it's okay for us to take a step back. Or it's okay just because a person has had this place in your life, it doesn't mean that they're going to hold that status for your entire life. I think Josie and I, we talk about it in depth all the time. Like, history doesn't equate to someone's value in your life. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, And that's for family uh, lovers and friends. And I think also going back to what Josie said... I think it's naive and I think it's I think it's a fucking lie to say you're not going to be angry when something happens when like a partner breaks up with you or a partner hurts you or a friend wrongs you. Yeah. That's and you don't naive. forget either. And uh, no, and I don't think you have to forget. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you have to I like agree with you. You have to harvest that anger and that's a part of grieving. Um Rachel Cusk's memoir called Aftermath, she says Grief is not love, but it is like love. This is romance's estranged cousin, a cruel character, all sleeplessness and adrenaline unsweetened by hope. Like, for example, I'll be honest. I I remember my first heartbreak, and this was like my first love, and I was 17. And we broke up, and this is when I lost control of the relationship because I was a very, you know, I craved control. And I remember when we broke up and he got a new girlfriend, I was broken. I wouldn't wish heartbreak on my worst fucking enemy. I was in pain. I was throwing up. I was, I couldn't eat. I was waking up smelling his cologne. I would dream about him for nights on end. And they did a study and they found out that the parts of your brain that's lit up during heartbreak are the same parts of, um, cravings which is the same part that gets light up during a cocaine addiction and physical pain as well so you are physically inept during heartbreak because you are in pain 
And I think that's important to acknowledge that when you are going through something to give yourself grace, because this is a horrific feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to keep going. Like, obviously, something re- like even just this year, I've had a couple heartbreaks, as you both know. You know, I remember like I was crying at an Ikea, like throwing up in an Ikea randomly because out of Pinkberry Boy, like what? But during that time, I was like, this is everything to me. And it's because... We fan Josie's laughing right now, but we we I'm fan. Sorry. I just I just pictured it. I just pictured like what aisle? Like, are you in the bedroom oh, section? We're not like, in the bed. We're you, in the kitchen. You... Kitchen section, actually. Of course. Did you do it in the sink? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't do it on the sink. But um, so I had to clean up. To clean up on aisle five. Ding ding. But I was talking it's to always my five. It's always sorry. five. I was talking to my therapist, and I and I don't know if you can relate relate to this. You two and our listeners. I fantasize a lot. I build worlds. I put people on pedestals when they haven't even proved that they're worthy of being on this pedestal and they haven't even shown up on this pedestal. Mm -hmm. Maybe one day they could get there, but it doesn't really matter because they're not doing it today. Yeah. And I think if we keep living in this, well, maybe one day, well, honestly, this situation could happen here. We forget what's right in front of us. And it's harder to get over someone. And it's harder to move forward. So I think one big way to move forward, specifically with lovers, is look around you. Are they here? Are they showing up today? What did, what did they do last week that really hurt you? Yeah. Are they picking up and leaving you when it's better for them? Well, I feel like we've talked about this on the show before. I think it's so important that, like, love is special and, like, you deserve it. Like, you you have to feel worthy of it. Um, But to do so, you have to love yourself first. Mm. And and, and it's okay, like, on your journey to realize, like, you know what? This person is an amazing person, but they don't know how to love me or they're not loving me in the way that I want to be loved. And deserve to be loved. And I think when you get to that point where you feel like you're questioning parts of yourself or you're finding someone is making you question parts of who you are or dilute yourself, then you know that it's it's time to go. You mm-hmm. know, that it's like, you know what, let's move forward in our own separate directions. But, you know. But I have a question I, for you, though. I was going to, okay. Wait. I'm so sorry, but what if they left you mm. and you didn't even have the say in what happens next? Does that make sense? Because I feel like it's different if you have to acknowledge that, like, we have to part ways, but what if they leave you? I think that's a great question. I think knowing... I wish that there was like a more profound way to say this, but the truth of the matter is you got to know that you're good without anybody. Yes. That your happiness and like your self-worth isn't equated in somebody else so that when somebody comes in or decides to leave, that your happiness isn't tethered to that person. Mm. So like as much as I love an individual, like I was good before them, I'll be good after them. Yeah. But there has to be a balance too because you also have to open yourself up to love, which I think I'm currently trying to do better at opening up myself to be loved opening myself up to have the possibility of growing with someone um but knowing like you know what if a person walks out of my life like they didn't need to be there like they were just not a part of my story and if someone doesn't see the beauty in me just for who I am then you know I don't want someone to half-ass love me whether it's a friend whether it's a lover whether it's a family member and you know I'll speak for myself Personally, in my life, I feel like my friendship breakups have hurt the most. Ah. Um, 
maybe because I just have like no faith in men innately. Um, and I just, yeah. I naturally just assume that they're going to do the worst thing ever. Um, but for me, friend relationships were like, I had really deep, beautiful relationships with a woman. And I was like, this is my sister. Like, this is my girl. Yes, yes, yeah. And then they hurt me. Mm. That, those were like, Heartbreak. Breakups. Yeah. And I don't think that we talk about that enough. How have you guys realized that you needed to leave a friendship? And how did you go about doing so? Well, for me, I don't think I've had a friend end something, like, with me um, in the past, like, like six years. Like, I've had friends that, like, I feel like kind of iced me out. Like, I remember freshman year of college – I became friends with um, people that, like, I, I just don't think it was, like, a two-sided friendship. And, like, mm. my friends would tell me, my friend, my real friends, like, um, would tell me, like, all the time or the the, two, the people that I had, the few people that I had, um, would be, like, they don't deserve you. Like, you would tell me. Oh, and, I literally like, have told it to you so many times. Yeah, like, like they don't deserve you. Like, why are you even hitting them up? Like, uh, like th- that kind of stuff. Um, and honestly, none of that kind of hurt. It was just kind of confusing because, like, I, I maybe in college, like, everyone's trying to find themselves. So, like, when you're trying to f- develop a friendship with someone and then they suddenly are, like, icing you out. Like, yeah, I've experienced that before. Um, with people, when I was younger, definitely, I had a lot of, like, behavioral issues. And people were fully, like, I wear formally like when I was a child, like people, like families would like send us a letter of resignation. I like can't. not a resignation letter to your mom from and dad. Being in your family's life, please. Um, like <laughs> please do not come near us. Um, but you know I've healed. I think what's uh, hardest for me is the friendships that I've had to that I've had to end, that have ended be- because of my own. Um, choice and uh, the way that I see friendships and like romantic relationships different is with romantic relationships I it doesn't really like I don't really get sad about it at first because I don't even think of romantic relationships as being like a real thing like I I, I don't even believe in its existence so in order (laughs) for me to like get sad about it I have to realize the possibility of what it could have been or what Mm. it was and then I have to mourn that. I don't – because at first I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that was nothing because I was convincing myself it was nothing all the time, which I'm working on and I'm in oh, therapy yeah. for. And yep. it's something I'm going to change. And so it's easier for me to be like, oh, fuck them. With yeah. friendships, because of the fact that I faced so much rejection as a child and mm. I received all those resignation letters, I'm really not the person – that has the energy of like, oh, fuck that person. Fuck that. It doesn't come out of me. I actually don't get angry when it comes to ending a friendship with someone who's hurt me. It, And I don't know why, because you'd think that I'd be the perfect person to tell someone off. But honestly, all that comes out of me is just compassion because I know what it's like to be rejected. But I think sometimes that hurts me because I'm not creating enough boundaries for myself mm-hmm. and I'm bending over backwards for someone who doesn't know how to be there for me in the way that I deserve. Mm. And and so then the kind of angry stage comes like months later when I'm like, oh shit, was I really like, I was giving the girl who caught her boyfriend cheating and was like, it's okay, babe. Like we can work it out. Like yeah, I know yeah, this yeah. isn't you. Like, like that's kind of what I I give sometimes. Mm. And so I have to remind myself and my, my friends remind me, um, you guys, um, like – my worth and that I don't need to do all that stuff and that you know 
I'm just because people weren't those friends to me doesn't mean that I have to be mean to this person, but it doesn't mean that I have to go over the top and be be that person's savior when maybe the lesson they're learning is not having me. I I completely agree with that. I think I kind of look at it and this is with friendships, relationships, um, lovers. I kind of see our whole life as a book. Like there's a massive, massive book and each chapter is a different point in your life. So example, for a lover I had, they were chapter seven through nine, Yeah. right? But it's chapter 11 right now. Yeah. They're not in my life, but chapter 10, I was healing that time. But also chapter 10, I had a great friend, but then fast forward, it's chapter 16 and that friend wasn't there, isn't there here, isn't here right now, but they served a purpose during that time. And I'm grateful. Yeah. And I think important is bowing out gracefully when it's time. Exactly. Like people are in your life for long reasons or seasons. And Love even, that. even the people in my life that have radically hurt me. And I agree. Is there a lifetime option? Yeah, like for long reasons. You're my life. You guys are my lifetime. You're my you're you my guys long are reasons. Oh, but I thought it was I, for like a tiny reason. No, no, no. no. For I, long, for for long reasons or or seasons. And um, I like very much relate to Josie. The hardest relationships that have felt like the largest heartbreak for me um, is when I have to leave, like a friendship, because oh, it's like yeah, oh, shit. we have we have so much history. Yeah. Like, this person I know is a good person, but they just don't serve me. They make me question our friendship. They make me question our worth. um, And they continuously hurt me. And it's like, I've had to learn the hard lesson that it's not my job to raise you. And it's not my job to force you you to drink. You are not their mother. It's not my my job to force the horse to drink water. It's like, you can leave the horse to water, but you can't make them drink it and i've been that girl sitting there like with a tub like please like don't like don't do that again don't do it put like an iv drip in her like Like, please like girl like i love you so much why are you lying behind my back or why are you like why are you fucking lying Lying. why Why you always lying oh my god but no, anyway, for real. But no, seriously. <laughs> the, the, cut, the, cut, the cut to like, I, th- that is where it's radically hurt. Where it's like, I've told you that you have crossed this line with me. I've told you how this makes me feel unseen um, and disrespected. And you keep doing it. It's like, wh- why? Why do you keep putting me in that position? And then it's like, you know what? I have to bow gracefully and I have to preserve my peace and also know my self-worth. But... As much as certain situations with individuals have hurt, whether it be romantic, mainly I think friendship and familial for me, no matter how much it hurt, I'm a new person leaving it because I have a new perspective. I've gained a new lesson. Correct. There's so now that's moving forward. Yes. Now there's a line that you won't that I won't ever allow someone to cross again because I've lived through that pain. You know what I mean? Wait. You... Say it, say it. My therapist, um, shout out. I don't know if I can No, you say can't say your name. <laughs> Oh, okay. Shout out her. Um, she literally told me a sentiment that goes exactly what you're, what you're saying. I'm mm-hmm. yes anding right now. Yes and. Yes and. Improv. Improv. My therapist was saying, um, she said, you need to know the difference between acquaintances and friends. Yes. And she said, she said to me, I think you have a misconception of the word acquaintance. Mm. And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> And she said, well, then what is it? And I said, well, an acquaintance is someone that you don't really talk to, that, you know, you see once in a while, that you could, you know, you you like them as a human being, but you don't hang out with them. You don't, they don't tell you anything. And she's like, no, that's not true. An acquaintance is someone who you can hang out with. 
who you can talk to, they can tell you their problems. They don't know everything about you. They might not know, you know, what happened in your life six years ago that was traumatic and brought you to the person you are now. But there's still a person that you can kick it with and hang out with. But your friends, friendships are built off of years of trials and tribulations. Uh. And and a friendship is tested based off of those. Mm. And without that time, without those experiences, a healthy friendship cannot be built. And so she kind of gave me this like description of these two buckets and there's like a friendship bucket and acquaintance bucket and your acquaintance bucket is how I describe your friendship bucket is, you know, like us, like the, the three of us, you know, yeah. what we have, obviously we're more familial, but yeah. it's like the people that know everything about you, the people that love you and the people that understand you and the people that know you mm-hmm. and, and when you and put, with you, when you put someone, yes, when you put someone in their friend bucket, too early. Maybe you do this with boys you mean or with friends. Who knows? Um, when you <laughs> no, put someone in the friend you. bucket too early and they haven't earned their right to be there, that's not only when they let you down, but you let yourself down. I, I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. I think that's that was- really beautiful. I think it puts you in an unsafe position and I'm learning more and more. I put myself in such unsafe positions emotionally. Yeah, because yeah. you do not have an acquaintance bucket. And I didn't until like two weeks ago. I do have an acquaintance and bucket. I, I, Take it back. Just because you have known that person for a long time does not reserve so, them the right to maintain their place in your life. Just because I, that person was a good person to you or was, you know, just, like I was telling my therapist about, sometimes I tell my therapist about people and I'm like, oh yeah, well they did this and stuff for me. And she literally looked at me and was like, so that's like what a good human would do. That's yeah. like a normal minimum, thing for human to do. Minimum, and it's like, don't, don't sell yourself short just for the bare minimum. Not every opportunity is meant to be taken and not every friendship is meant to be continued. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hi, bienvenido, ni hao, um, gesundheit. Welcome back to <laughs> the Equation Room. Today's topic is New Year's Eve. As we all know, there can only be one. It can yum. Let's board. <laughs> Today's topic, New Year's Eve. Ick, you go first. December 31st, January 1st, tomato, tomato, who gives a fook? Quite frankly, it's like any other day. If we put pressure all in just one day, chances are you're not going to stop texting your ex-boyfriend. You're not going to um, just, uh, save all your money and stop spending on your Amex. You're not going to do all these things. If you make up scenarios in your head of things you're going to do starting on January 1st, you're not going to do it. If we put so much pressure on one date that is so pathetic, every day should be New Year's Eve. Mm. Every day should be a New Year's Day because every day is a new day, bitch, not January fucking 1st. And also, who really created the calendar time is not linear time doesn't even exist nothing exists you're fake you're fake i'm a hologram nothing's real i'm having a panic attack thank you Yam. take it away listen I get it, time is a construct, things aren't real, but tell me why you don't want a reason to start anew. All of us need new energy breathed into our damn meaningless lives uh, and to have something to live for. Yeah. So if it is New Year's Day, it is New Year's Day. 
I want a reason to buy new gym clothes and go to the gym. Am I going to keep going after three months? Maybe not. Maybe I'll go to my trainer. I'm sorry, Nate. I love you. Anyways, we all need a reason to party, to Five get seconds. together, to have a good time together and I think New seconds. Year's is perfect to start new seconds. things be a better You're person um, so you, you actually were seconds five seconds yes. which is a disrespect to the court I feel like um, you definitely went over time I didn't nobody actually was, nobody was timing yes our producers were yes. actually okay Um. so fake news thank whatever. you both for uh, both of your proceedings this is an incredible meeting today I'm really appreciative I will have to say, I hate New Year's Eve. I think the year starts when it's my birthday because the world revolves around me. Yes. But I also recognize that we do have some neighbors here. And I honestly love Alicia's take on it, specifically the fact that energy could be breathed into me, which sounds very enticing and something that I would love to have happen to me on the 31st of December. So I'm going to have to say, Yum wins. What? Yay, Thank you. Start anew. Yes, yes, This was yes, the evacuation room. Let's start anew. Actually, think about it. You no, guys, start anew. It's, there's something so beautiful. No, and also there's something so gorgeous about beauty. In Are the you world talking over me? Shut up, Gajate. I want. Listen, I think there's something so beautiful that even if it's like arbitrary and ridiculous, that the whole world gets together and goes, we're starting anew. We're stepping into something together, even if it isn't for very long. I'm not for the fads. I'm not for the ridiculous things that don't last a long time. I'm not for the fags. I'm not for the uh, Alicia just said the F slur. No, I didn't. That, you do not cancel me. F-A-D-S. Fads. Trends. Did you just say G or D? I'm, I'm, and goodbye. that was our episode. Thank you for listening. So I actually was already starting the end of a conversation. I was going to begin a monologue, and then our producer said, just wrap it Shut up, yes, me. So here I am wrapping it up, Caroline. Um, Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Choose your circle wisely, but protect your peace first and foremost. Bonjour. Great. Is Bye, that goodbye? Guys. Is that goodbye? That's hello. Adios. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. That was funny. Dare We Say is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our showrunner, producer, and mommy. And Ari Schwartz is our producer and show daddy. Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. And Sandy Girard is the almighty executive producer. It's hosted and produced by me, Josie Toda. And me, Yasmin Hamadi. And me, Alicia Pascual Peña. Our engineer and editor is Jordan Cantor. And Brian Vasquez is our theme music composer. Our video producers are Matt DeGroote, Narm Melkonian, and Dylan Villanueva, and Mia Kalman. Lastly, thank you to Jordan Silver, Gabriella Leverett, Jesse McLean, Caroline Haywood, Shayna Hortzman, Daisy Cruz, Danielle Jensen, and Awa Okaladi for marketing the show and making us look so damn good. <laughs> <laughs>